Welcome to Grounds for Discussion, a book club podcast for the average Joe. Thanks for joining us again. I'm Laura. And I'm Becky. And um, this week we are going to be talking about the book The Tea Girl of Hummingbird Lane. Mm -hmm. Um, And yeah, this is kind of an interesting one. Um, for a lot of reasons that yes. we'll get into, of course. Yes. But, um, but of course, you know, <laughs> we got to know what, what's going on with each other first. You know us. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to gab it up for a minute. Um, so are you drinking coffee? Of course, yes. Um, Obviously. I what have you got? some caramel coffee. Ooh. With, uh, it's just a simple, you know, a simple cup today with just some... I put some Cool Whip on it, okay? Let's just call it out. I mean, um, you know, <laughs> these things happen. <laughs> it's a dessert coffee today. <laughs> yeah. But I am nice. so, like, cozy, snuggly because it's really cold outside, and so I'm sitting by the fire. I nice. I have my cup of coffee. I have my BFF. <laughs> nice. It's the setup, girly. I know. I love this it. is the life, right? I love it. <laughs> Yeah, so I hear you. Yeah, so um, today is the first day in a while that it's been like a little bit, a little bit chilly. Yeah. Like it's been in like the 80s this week. Wow. Like oh my 70s and 80s. And so, yeah, so I'm like, oh my gosh, is winter over? Wow. Like I was, I was like really bombed. I know it goes, it's, it's, it's practically non-existent yeah. here. But anyway, um, but today was like in the 50s or 60s this morning and like rainy so I'm like oh a nice cozy day for me I mean that's not cozy for probably most people but But (laughs) at this point (laughs) yeah at this point I'll take it I will take it so um so I actually uh, this is terrible but I basically use our podcast as an excuse to just get stuff at Starbucks of course Laura I wouldn't expect anything different I mean, I really was going to make my own this morning, but because it was raining, I agreed to take Jude to school okay. instead of making wait at the bus stop, you know? Okay. And um, so I'm going right by it. Yeah, I mean, it's I mean, kind of disrespectful if you go right by it. It and you seems don't rude. It seems does. a little rude. <laughs> so, you know, I had to check in and yeah, like <laughs> get myself something. You know, exactly. <laughs> so I have the... Um, the the sugar cookie latte but i got it hot this time i usually get it cold but i got it hot they do Hmm. although i have been to a few places that haven't so sometimes i think places maybe have run like if they run out of it then they just don't reorder you know so the one by where i usually go apparently they still have it because i got it i got a hot one so yeah hot coffee coming in hot Coming in hot, baby. So, um, yeah, so that's what I've got going on. And it's why you're going to hear me drinking louder because I've got that cup that, you know. Slurping. Slurping and whatnot. So here it goes. I still remember. Let me hear it. Mm. So ridiculous. I still remember my first grade teacher with her coffee cup. Mrs. Holstein. Yes! And, And the whole... It was like yep. such a, like, wow, that is so loud. That Isn't there so a loud. Seinfeld where, where Elaine talks about, like, she doesn't, something about a certain name she can't get on board with because she knew a guy who slurped his coffee that had that <laughs> name or something? Oh, probably. I don't remember much of Seinfeld. 
For yeah. some reason, I just remember weird details. Yeah, but that's so funny. Yeah, like, she's she's like, yeah, I gotta tell you, I don't like that name because I sat guy by, by a guy in college in my whatever <laughs> class, and yeah. he would slurp his coffee, and it was after every single sip. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> Today would have been a good tea it day. I didn't, you know, I didn't really think about it. I know. I've Isn't been that sad? Less tea lately. Um, I I drink it throughout the day because okay, so I've had a stuffy nose, and I heard on it's a long story, but I heard about this um, herbal supplement called uh, Ur, Yerba Santa. I think is what it's called. Oh, okay. I think I've seen that. Oh, really? Well, yeah. it's supposed to help. I've never heard of it before, but it's supposed to help with, like, um, congestion and, um, like, snot. And okay. so it tastes horrible. So oh, the no. best way to <laughs> drink it for me is with tea, and it kind of disguises it a little bit. And so I've been drinking a lot more tea lately, so I totally should have had my tea, but... that Yeah, that's a bummer, man. Missed opportunity. But... Oh, well, what right. are you going to do? I know. What not give up my coffee right now, that's for sure. No, obviously. I mean, yeah. I mean don't be silly. Right. <laughs> but, yeah, so the tea girl. So yes. um, do you want to give, like, a little yeah. just brief synopsis or whatever? Sure. Um, so this story starts with a family in, like, rural China um, in, like, the mountains, the tea mountains. Um and the story follows this girl. I'm not positive how to say her name. Li Yen. Li Yen is how I was yeah. saying it. Sure. Um, but she it starts out with her and her family having breakfast one morning. And they're all talking about the dreams that they had like the night before. And so Li Yen had this dream. And she knew that it was like a bad omen. So she kind of changed the story to like spare her family. And there are a lot of superstitious things, like, throughout this book. So um, the story kind of goes on to tell about her meeting this little boy that she shares a tea cake with. And um, and it's a little bit of their story. But um, uh, so she kind of becomes friends with him. And it's very encouraged in their town in their culture to experiment is that how you would put it (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty Um, much just outright you know have relationships with people but like very flippantly but it's very looked down upon when someone gets pregnant out of wedlock so um she ends up getting pregnant and um, her mom actually is the town, uh, what would you call her? Like healer, midwife, yes. midwife you know. slash, yes, slash healer, yeah. because she not only helps the women, uh, give birth, but she also like women go to her for pretty much abortions and she gives them like special, um, you know herbs and things to help them yeah. miscarry. So uh, Leanne knows about this with her mom, right? But she um, 
is kind of in denial while she's pregnant and uh, never goes to her mom about it while her mom figures it out and Leanne um, is too far along in her pregnancy so she ends up having the baby uh, and we'll get into some of those details I'm sure but ends up giving the baby up for uh, like abandoning the baby so that um, she doesn't have to kill the baby there's all these things throughout the book where there's like these traditions and these superstitions where she's supposed to kill the baby um, and if she doesn't, bad luck will come. And she even, like, there was this one time in the book where she um, watches her mom help this woman give birth to a baby. They're all excited. Yay. And then she realizes that it's a twin. And so uh, that's supposed to be a bad omen uh, in this culture. So they end up killing the babies. And Leon sees this and... Um, so this is like the culture that she's growing up in. So then the rest of the book kind of follows not only Li Yen and her story, but also the little girl that she um, that she gives up. So it's a very interesting book. It has a lot of dynamics to it, a lot of interesting topics. Um, but that's kind of the overall theme of the book so yeah uh, where do you want to start with this one huh <laughs> um well I I think the thing I found most intriguing and I I just gotta say right off the top I gotta admit it's been a minute since I've read it which I feel like I say that every time now so I apologize <laughs> but um so I know there's a lot of the story that I'm not remembering very well so I'm just gonna say that off the top but okay. I think the most intriguing part for me was um, that culture. So in China, it's interesting. So in China, they have the Han, man, the Han majority, of course, yep. which is, you know, like 92% of the population or something. Yes. It's, it's a vast majority of Chinese mm -hmm. people are Han. So, but then they have all these minority groups and there are a ton yes. of them, yes. a ton. And even just in Yunnan province where this book takes place uh -huh. the the Aka or however you would say it uh -huh. Aka uh -huh. people are one of I, I'm not I, there's at least several just in that province yeah. province alone yeah and it's a and it's a mountainous region yeah so these are like mountain people they go and live up in the mountains so of course they're just not seen a lot like and they apparently throughout history they were a very like nomadic people mm -hmm. like they would roam a lot and i don't i don't really know why especially since the whole like tea tree thing you think right. would keep them right in one place because they're very involved with tea so i don't yeah PS, how that all worked out i, I don't know <laughs> i didn't even go into that whole thing but there's a whole like theme of i mean their family her mom it's been passed on to her from generation to generation, this tea orchard. And it's, yeah. it's sacred uh, to yes. them. So, yes. anyway, didn't go into that. Um, right. So, it's so yeah, she's got this ancient grove of trees that are mm -hmm. like her inheritance, yeah. basically. Um, and there's that whole conundrum, too, of like, you know, every man is a, above every single woman, but yet they have yeah. you know this she gets this inheritance and it's just for women and like it, it's all very mm 
just different how it all breaks down the hierarchy of things in their yeah. culture and all the different, you know. Yeah. So anyway, so I found that culture really interesting, mm-hmm. um, but also just like really sad mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because I feel like they're um, sort of like, I mean, honestly, like this is life without Christ in general, right. but like, they're just so lost. Like yes. they're making up random things about, yes. oh, if you get, you know, like if you don't touch the gate when you come in yep. and this and blah, 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 like they have all these like superstitious things. Yeah. And I, and I should say at the outset, we all do. Yes. We just don't recognize them as easily yeah. as looking at a different culture. Yes. So like we all have things. <laughs> Yes, we all have things that are a superstitious thing that we have to like consciously, mm-hmm. you know, like, especially as Christians, we have to consciously um, remind ourselves like, okay, no, that has nothing to do with anything like right. God is in control right. and we, this right. and that, but they don't have that, obviously. Right. So for them, they've had to create this whole system to sort of make sense of the world. Yeah. And like looking from the outside it just it's it's all so arbitrary it is. it's just so like where did you get that like what you know just i mean and and again like i really do believe all cultures have that yeah um it's just so much easier to spot in yeah. outside of your own but it, it just it just felt really really sad like this yeah. this just this whole system of like how to navigate the world. Well, and, it seems like such a scary place to be because you never yeah. know when you're doing something wrong and you will be out of favor with the spirits, you know? And right. It's like, yes. It's like, a, a, definitely the whole favor thing. Like, you know, yeah. you walk a weird way and you have, um, you have bad luck, you know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> It's just, and I would, and it's interesting to me though, because I think to us looking in, it's scary, but I think for them, it was actually comfort mm. because they could say, um, well, we believe that if you do this, this, and this, that is bad luck. So then they know, just don't do, those, do things. those things. You know what I mean? Yeah. But then there's always still the unknown things, the uncontrollable things like, you can't stop yourself from having twins, right. you know, like if right. you just, you know, so yeah, it's just, it, it. It's so foreign, mm-hmm. like looking in on this culture and that, and it was just super interesting to me to yes. sort of get a glimpse into that culture. Yeah. Um, and also because of course that's yeah. where the only place I've been in China is, yes. you know, in province. So to me, it was super interesting. Did you, um, send, did you pick up on a lot of those, um, like cultural superstitions while you were there um not exactly but we were in an area that i mean we did meet some minority we went met quite a few minority people um but mostly it was the dai people which i think are mentioned here and there Mm -hmm. um in the book just kind of offhand but um the area that we were was a little further west Mm -hmm. um and this area was a little further south okay Okay. but um the akpa the Aka people, uh-huh. apparently, they're not just in Yunnan either. They're, like, in Laos. They're in, okay. like, Thailand. They're in Cambodia. Like, yeah. but they're up in the mountains. So And they're nomadic. Yeah. Yeah. Or at least they used to be. Mm-hmm. Um, I think less and less so now because, you know, I think the 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 world at large has kind of crept in. But, mm. um, yeah, so we, we did meet quite a few minority people. And so that was really interesting. But the people that we met were also people who had kind of come 
to the city for opportunities. You know what I mean? So it's not like we were meeting them on their, in their home territory where they would have had all of that kind of on full display, you know? Um, but I did get to go to a village once and it was pretty much what you would think, like from reading the book, it was just very, um, they didn't really understand who we were. They couldn't quite figure out a context for us. Um, they sort of, we sort of had to like, you know, we'd say that we were from America and they'd be like, Oh, is that far? You know, like, didn't, they didn't just didn't, you know, and I, how do you explain, like, we got on a big metal thing and, you know, like, flew in the air like a bird for 15 hours and, you know, like, (laughs) at hundreds of miles an hour. You can't explain that. There's no, you can't bridge that. So, um, so yeah, so it was interesting, that, that was probably the most interesting thing about the book to me was Mm. all of those, like, sort of cultural traditional things um about her her minority group and it's sad too um she gives a little bit of a history of um and she uses the tea trees to do it but the her ama her mother yeah talks about um when it's when she gives birth to her daughter so mm-hmm. she goes um she has to go away to get birth because nobody knows she's pregnant right. and if they know that i mean they would kill the baby mm-hmm. um which actually her mom and her had planned to do anyway. Um, but she goes up into the mountains to her tea orchard, yeah. to her tea, tea, you know, and to this sacred grove of theirs yeah. that belongs to her and her mom, you know, and Which um, no that's where she's supposed to enter. No man can yeah. enter. Yeah. So why I don't know if they ever even say, but that's just, I don't know. Yeah. That's just how it is. Yeah. Um, and that's where she has her baby. Mm-hmm. And, um, while she's there, her mom, um, so they end up, you know, like they can't do it basically. Mm-hmm. Um, they're like kind of yeah. like, almost against their will. They sort of pick yeah. her up and start taking care of her, you In know, fact, her mom had given her before she was born. Do you remember this part? She had given her a little box with, um, the, the right amount of dust that she needed to put into the yeah. baby's nostril when the baby was born so that the baby yeah. Could- would die right like they keep those for childbirth yeah any and anytime there's a childbirth a, a, you know a birth in the village they take it with just in case they need it yeah um yeah so every you know every pregnant woman kind of they bring one mm. you know anyway um and so that's where she gives birth and, and her after she gives birth to her child and they sort of both start taking care of her um which they hadn't planned to do then the mom starts giving some of the traditional birth stories and saying them to the baby and this Mm -hmm. kind of thing and going through some of the rituals that they have for a baby. And one thing that she talks about is, um, the, the tea, Mm -hmm. she has a a tea cake that she gives Mm -hmm. to the baby Mm -hmm. and she's, she wants this to go to the baby. And she says, there's this guy who came to their village to try to buy tea mm-hmm. and he wants to like be in business with them and like create tea with them. And she says, he doesn't know anything about tea. I've carried this around for my whole life mm-hmm. and my mother before her and my, you yeah. know, blah, blah, blah. And they, you know, they, they brought it, you know, when they were running from the Japanese in the thirties and they yeah. brought it when they were, you know, this and that. Yeah. She goes through the kind of the history of what's happened to their people mm-hmm. through, um, the Chinese revolution and all this. And it's just, it's such an interesting way to take us through the history of what's happened 
not only to, you know, the, the Chinese culture at large, but specifically through the eyes of a minority group, because minority groups are really, they don't even, I, I think the Chinese don't really even like to admit that there are minority groups, <laughs> if they can get away with it, because they want to so much be like unified, like mm-hmm. one people. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, they do have just a ton of minorities who culturally are very different (laughs) from the majority. So I just thought that was such a unique way for her to kind of give that whole culture. And she talks about having to, you know, hide, hide this and hide the, you know, make sure nobody found the grove when the cultural revolution happened, because that's when they tore up all the ancient tea trees to Mm -hmm. plant tea terraces Mm -hmm. because, you know, they needed to make tea for the masses because before Mm -hmm. this tea was only considered for, you know, like just, you know, for rich people. And her mom laughs at that. Like, are you kidding me? We were never rich. We were never, you know, we picked tea all day long and Mm -hmm. we still drank it, but we were never rich, you know, like she's kind of like disputing this Uh sort of Chinese narrative of what, what, what it means to be, you know, wealthy and are are you kidding me? Okay. Well, we'll make it for the masses, but we were never doing anything else, but making it for ourselves, Mm. you know, like it wasn't. So she's, she's sort of almost disputing the the majority view, you know, but anyway, I just found that super interesting and and what a cool way to kind of give a brief overview for some of us who don't maybe know Mm -hmm. know much about the Chinese revolution and and what's happened in that country over the last century yeah yeah for me the part that um stuck out the most uh would be the whole scene and you touched on it a little bit but um of the birth and afterwards and that was probably the biggest like and not takeaway but um you know the the part of the book that like the most impact yes, maybe yes definitely um, yeah just the way that she wrote it was it just ripped my heart out um, and just picturing yeah. it and and you know obviously I have a um, a connection there but um, yeah yeah I actually have some quotes from the book that I was gonna read if you yeah don't mind. go for it um, yeah. So this is right after she gives birth. And she said, I stare into my daughter's face and tell her how much I love her, hoping my words will seep into her flesh, blood and bones to be held in her forever. You have been born on chicken day, I whisper tenderly. This is a wonderful thing because you will always know the opening and closing of the sun. I tell her how sorry I am that I won't be able to chew food for her when she is four months old or feed her fish when she is older so she becomes adept at fishing. Always remembering that you, have, if you are afraid a spirit is coming towards you, spit at it because spirits are afraid that if saliva touches them, they will get leprosy. I teach her the sounds of the forest around us and how to distinguish the rest rustling of the wind and the trees from the crackle of an animal brushing against scrubs and vines as it makes its way on a wildlife trail how to look at the sky and estimate from the number of stars if there will be rain fog or a blanket of humidity at dawn and most importantly how to understand her place in the world if only there was a way to make her remember this moment that 
It's like... Yeah. Like, she's trying to fit in this whole span of a lifetime of, like, what she wants her daughter to remember. Yeah. And it just breaks my heart, because it's like... Yeah. I just think there's so many... So many children that have gone through this separation, you know, from their families, from their cultures, and, and you know, obviously I wouldn't want to give up my child, but just that she doesn't have that um, connection, and yeah. she probably never will, is heartbreaking to me, you know? Yeah. It just is. I don't know, like that whole yeah. thing was just like so heavy for me and like even you know like when she took her to the um the orphanage and she left like the tea cake with her or not the orphanage but wherever they found her you know yeah and and how she was talking about how she didn't cry and then when she walked away it's almost like she could sense that her mom was gone and she started crying and and she's whispering like in the in the in the background like I love you I love you don't I don't want to forget you don't forget me and it's like oh it's just so heartbreaking like yeah I can't imagine I cannot imagine no walking that no I can't either just the heaviness of you know adoption is beautiful but it's also it comes from brokenness and it comes from pain and it and it's hard it's just hard yeah but yeah obviously <laughs> i get a little choked up there <laughs> yeah I, just the whole the whole scene yeah i i i knew this would be an interesting one for you because yeah. what you know uh, you yeah. know, you almost don't want to have to think about the other side of it, yeah. but how can you not? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot. <sighs> of yeah. And even uh, when, oh, I can't remember the girl's name, the, the little girl. Um, Kite, Kite, Kite or something. I can't remember how to pronounce it. It was like C-I something. Or are you talking about the, or the daughter? The daughter, yeah. Um, is it Haley? Haley, yes. That's what it I is. think they call her Haley. Yes. Yeah. So she's adopted by a, a couple in the United States who um, can't have children. And um, that whole part was very interesting to me, too, because she... Um, grows up in you know what we know as adoption in the United States and right um it's it's hard for me to read because um it's very I feel like it's very one-sided and like the voice of the mother and the father is very um yeah I feel like it's looked down upon you know for um, the the mom and dad to even have adopted her and yeah um, I know that a lot of people especially now like uh, look at adoption as a very negative thing um, yeah and that hurts my heart too because whether or not 
whether or not we choose to adopt as a family, I think it's children are being abandoned no matter what. And right. so what are we doing about it? Like, right. I didn't make the decision, you know, to have that happen. And there are a lot of factors that come into that. But all I'm in charge of is my actions. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. So, um, like, it, in the book, she Haley was a part of this um, conversation group that would get together and all these girls that had the same experiences, these parents that would adopt them, bring them to America, take them away from their culture. Um, and a lot of it was negative, negative. And, like, there's these expectations right. on these girls to perform because they're Asian and um, uh, it just, a lot of it was just from a really negative point of view. And then the mom and dad right. uh, really kind of bugged the crap out of me when I was reading about <laughs> that because they just, they like the mom was always offended, like that she would talk about her birth mom and stuff. And yeah, which is like, okay. I totally understand, like... like I guess some people from. might be that way. I, I I don't know. I'm sure there are people that are that way, but uh, I've never met any, I ever. Have, I, but I admit I have confronted that feeling because I think any adoptive mom has to confront the fact that right. there is another mom in this scenario, and I am right. not her. And she is always going to wonder what her birth mom was like. And right. if she is like her birth mom, that's part of, that's just part of that. Um, right. But for, for the mom in the book to be so offended all the time really annoyed me. I was like, yeah. there are other... Like, yeah, and maybe that's pushing a little bit at, like, maybe that's a hot button for me just because I have had to confront that, you know? Yeah. But I think there's other points of view, too, that were not mentioned, that were not, right. you know, taken into and, account. And that's tough, too, I'm sure, as an author, because yeah. you have to make choices about what your character is going to do. And yeah. I'm assuming she probably wanted to create the most drama possible, Yeah, which means, yeah. of course, you're going to create extra conflict. Right. Um, in order to bring out some of, some of those points. But at the same time, I do think there is a general feeling in our culture against a, yes. adoption. Yes. And I think that that is because people see exactly that. They see one little piece of how that's how yeah. how that's not ideal. Yeah. And it isn't. Yeah. It comes out of, like you said, it comes out of brokenness. It comes out of... Pain. darkness yeah. and pain and yeah. you know it's trying to salvage some beauty from yeah. ashes you right. know which is why we do it because that's what our god does exactly. like that's who he is right. um and so of course that's what we're going to be about right. as people right. but um and, and not all people that adopt are christians obviously right. but um but i just think that there's this kind of negative bent mm -hmm. toward it right now mm -hmm. and i don't think that that's on accident mm -hmm. i mean i i i think that satan doesn't like adoption mm -hmm. because god does right and it's the concept <laughs> of uh, the whole concept of 
a Christian. Like, we are right. not, we are adopted into God's family. We're grafted right. in. We don't belong here. Right. Yeah. So I, I just, I, I think that that's, I think there's a lot more under the surface mm-hmm. than most people probably mm-hmm. realize, like spiritually, yeah. you know. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's my own personal take yeah. on Well, it, I think so. Christians can buy into that too, which is, you know, like when that first, when that narrative first came out, um, it, it has a little bit of truth to it. And so it's, yeah, it's hard to decipher, you know, you have to have a very discerning mind to be able to, yeah. um, wade through what is true and what is just an outright lie. Um, is right. it true that it's painful and hard? Yes. <laughs> is it true that the original, um, idea of family is better for a child? Of course. But that's yeah. not the reality of our world. We have brokenness. Right. We have sin. And like you think of Adam and Eve in the garden, would it have been better if that relationship hadn't been broken? Of course. But God right. still made a way. And I think he still makes a way through adoption for yeah. these children. So I agree. Yeah. It, it just is sad to me that that's how society has come to look at adoption. And it's like... You yeah. know, how can we expect any different? Because they're not looking at it through the lens of Jesus. Um, right. But it's just one more thing that we need to stay vigilant with and weed out what is true and what is a lie. Yeah. It makes me think about Paul talking about, like, being wise as serpents but mm-hmm. innocent as doves. Mm-hmm. Or the phrase, like, rightly dividing the word. Yeah. Of truth, yeah. Because rightly dividing the word of truth, because that's literally what you're doing as you walk through life is mm-hmm. trying to separate the true from the false, mm-hmm. based on what God has said is true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. So if it doesn't line up, right. you got to figure out where exactly doesn't it line up? Because there always is that little kernel of truth somewhere, yes. you know. So you kind of you can't throw out the baby with the bathwater, right? You know, and that's what kind of draws you in and and makes you think, yeah, that's right, that's right. But yep. wait, what are we saying as a whole that, I mean, what is the alternative? Right. That is what I don't quite understand from their point of view or their concept. Like if we decide not to um, encourage adoption, what is the alternative? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. Uh, abortion. And you can either choose life or you can choose death. But there's these really babies not, are being there's born not a middle no ground. These babies are. Oh, so you're saying for the children that are already born. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess they, I, it seems like what you'd be saying then is that you'd rather they be on the streets or in an orphanage or maybe, I don't, I don't know. know. It, See, it doesn't, because the, really the alternative doesn't really work. Yeah. 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 I don't know. Um, or in foster care, maybe. I guess rather have it in foster care. Mm-hmm. I, I, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah. But. Yeah. Because those are the alternatives. Because mm-hmm. you're never going to have zero babies being born mm-hmm. that that can't be right. looked after by their, their right. birth family. Right. Yeah. So. Yeah. I don't know. But it it was interesting to read, you know, from the perspective of the 
the birth mom and yeah. um, her family and her. Yeah, she was interesting, yeah. huh? Yeah. <laughs> ending i do want to talk about a little bit yeah um spoiler alert for those that have not read it and want to we're going to talk about the ending (laughs) yeah so um so she goes on this whole journey Haley goes on a whole journey and she eventually um comes to her mother's province and she is led to her mother by one of her mom's friends um and they end up in the orchard together and they see each other for the first time so they're meeting at the very end of the book and that's how it ends and it doesn't go into like any of their discussion or what they think when they first see each other or any of that but did you have an opinion of the ending or were you like oh good book (laughs) like what did you think um again it's been a minute so I, I couldn't tell you for sure what I thought at the time but I think it's indicative of where the author's mind kind of was as far as all of that, because um, the idea that they get ba- they finally meet uh-huh. is the end of the story. Yeah. yeah. So, which is a little bit strange to me, like, mm-hmm. but in a way I also get it, because in, in the telling of this story, I guess that would be the big question. Do they ever meet up again do they does that thread ever come back I and think reconnect if she but oh go ahead sorry but i think if you're looking at it from from anybody else's perspective most people are going to say well that's clearly not the end of the story right, right. because okay then how does that all flush out with mm-hmm. you know the birth mom and the adoptive mom yep. and you don't suddenly you don't suddenly leave behind the last 20 years or whatever it was i can't remember how old she is at that point yeah um, you know, those still exist and shaped mm-hmm. who you are. And so, so it's really not the end of the story. And yeah. I, and I'm sure the author knows that too, mm-hmm. obviously, mm-hmm. but she's got to end the book somewhere. Right. Um, like if she had kept going, it would have been a much longer story because you can't just end with the first conversation. Like, and right. is she going to make it awkward? Is she going to make it like, right. Encouraging. Is she, and you know, there's so many different and ways maybe, she could do it. And maybe she felt that would have been anticlimactic yes, to keep going. Yes. You know, yeah. um, that's obviously a nice high point to land on. Okay, they meet, yeah. you know, done. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it definitely, for the reader, it sort of goes, oh, okay, so in my imagination, how did the rest of that, you know, how right. did that conversation go? How did the rest of that, you know, did she stay with her mom for yeah. a while? Does she bring her mom back to meet her? Yeah you know, adoptive, you know, what happens from there, I guess, just is left to the reader. Right. Um, I don't remember but, having any particular feelings one way or the other about that at okay. the time. Yeah. But did, I'm assuming you probably did. Well, though. it annoyed me because okay. I'm coming at it from the angle of the adoptive mother. So, um, yeah, like it, just because you end it there doesn't mean it's all sunshine and roses in the grove from generation to generation. Like, right. That relationship, I think, comes with some disappointments also. And none of those yeah. views were ever looked at. Uh, which right. is fine. It's fine. But I just didn't... I didn't think it was realistic at all. Didn't feel, feel real. Yeah. No, no, no. Like, totally unrealistic. Which, again, yeah. whatever. Like, it's a book. But um, right. it just annoyed me. 
the ending annoyed me. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> I just that's fair. I didn't. I I don't know. How I think I if I had been coming at it, it, but I don't know. Yeah, I I think if I had been reading it from your perspective, I could totally see that. Yeah. Um. And yeah, I I could definitely. <laughs> I mean, um. But yeah, from just from my reading of it, and again. I don't even, how did we end up reading? Did I, did I, I can't remember because I think I read it just on my own yes, or something a while ago. Yeah, you read it um, like years ago because I read it a couple years ago and then I just, for the podcast I read, I read it again. Um, yeah. But you had told me about it, so. Okay, yeah. okay. So I think there was, there's always sort of in the back of my mind a little of that. Mm. Um, like, oh, I wonder what Becky Oh, <laughs> would, br- would bring to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, from her perspective mm-hmm. or, or even Melissa or, yeah. you know, anybody yeah. who has adopted. Yeah. Um, and particularly, you know, from a, from a culture that's completely different yes. Yes. from their own. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was more kind of background for me. Mm-hmm. Whereas of course for you, very much in the forefront. it's going to be very yeah. much. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah, and that's why I thought it was interesting, too, when you started to explain the book, you went more into the different, um, uh, what is it called, um, different people groups, and, um, you know, yeah. and I was like, yeah, yeah, that, but that was kind of in the background for me, like, that wasn't yeah. the forefront yep. of what I took from the book, so. Sure, um, yeah. So that was kind of funny, like, how we. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, mm-hmm. Totally. I do think, I have to say, um, I really do think this would be a great book for a, a, a live book club Mm, study. Um, only because just from different perspectives, like we've had, Uh but even beyond that, it it really lends itself to some, just some interesting discussion. Mm -hmm. And, um, it's got so many <laughs> cool applications for like, I learned a ton about tea yes. and I mean, I don't think that she was putting in stuff just to pad it with the tea stuff. Uh-huh. She went to these places yeah. and she's, she met these people and she did not, I mean, not these, these, the characters are fiction obviously, but she met, you know, people from this people group and she yep. learned about the tea trade and she, yeah. you know, and so on her website, you can get, um, tea tasting kits oh, for your really? book club that and you can so get, you know, cool. like all this. Yeah. And they're like specifically curated to show you the different types of teas. And this is what they, you know, the, the, what is it? Poor, poor yep, or something poor. like that. Uh-huh. Um, tastes like, and this is what, you know, non-aged would taste like, mm-hmm. and this is what, you know, like all the different styles yeah. and whatnot. Um, and so I just, it really would be a very yes. fun one yeah. for an in-person, um, book club. Yeah. I actually love this author. I feel like she, I do too. She does very well at, um, mixing the culture with the story, with the, mm-hmm. um, the details are just, uh, have you read yeah. any of her other yeah. books? I have. I've read quite a few. Okay. I've, I've been a fan of hers for a while yeah. and she, you can tell it's kind of a labor of love for her because mm-hmm. all of her characters are Chinese. Yes. And, yeah. but they, but what's amazing is that it doesn't feel like ugh, another Chinese book because right. China is so varied. Diverse. Yeah. And especially when you go back in history, yes. you know, if you take it back a few, you yeah. know, a few generations, I mean, then you're talking about even 
further distance of yeah. what's kind of culturally normal to us. Yeah. So it's it somehow she manages to write about China yes. and always make it fresh, yes. you know. So um, one of her other books that I love is The Island of Sea Women. Have you read that one? You know, that is the, you know what? I, it's kind of in the back of my mind on my list and I need to put it on my list okay. so I don't forget because that's one that I have not read and I've read oh, a lot really? of hers. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, I think mom, our mom told us about that one. But um, okay. it's a true story of these this group of women that um, did, like, deep-sea diving as a living um, without okay. equipment or anything like, like that. Like, no, yeah. Like I feel like I've heard of these women. Yeah. Like, that was their culture yes. is to, you know, that's what they did. Yeah, so interesting. Were they pearl divers? Yes, I think so. Okay. okay. And it's been a long time since I've read that book, but I just remember loving it. And that's the same. Lisa C. is the I mean, same author. there's... I I I couldn't tell you a book off the top of my head where I was like, well, I went, didn't really like that one. Yeah. Of hers, so I mean, yeah. pretty much anything of hers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's it's good. Yeah. I think I was first introduced to her. Well, maybe not first, but um, one that I can really point to was with my first book club. Okay. Way back in the day. Yeah. Um, the um, oh, Snowflower. Oh yes. Um, I believe it's called. And the secret fan. Yes. Uh-huh. Um, and so she always manages to find these little pockets of Chinese culture mm-hmm. that are super interesting. Do you know if she um, is, like, does she live in America? Does she live in China? She actually, li- I believe she lives in, like, San Francisco. Okay. And her ancestors came from China. Okay. Um, is she first I don't generation? know exactly when. Okay. Okay. I don't think she's first generation. I believe... I want to say they probably came over kind of with the big flood in the 1800s when a lot of Chinese people were coming over for work kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Um, And I don't know a lot about that time period. I just know that there was a lot of, like, Chinese people coming to work in the States um, on the West Coast. And there was a ton of discrimination and just general using them as basically slave labor and that kind of thing. Mm And um, so it sounds like maybe that's where her heritage is okay. with with some of those um immigrants yeah so yeah it's interesting that she writes all about china then just yeah yeah it does feel like a, a it always feels like a labor of love to me her oh, books yeah. because it just feels like she's more invested in this than just a story mm-hmm. you know yeah so i i really enjoy it yeah yeah, yeah. well would you like to rate this book yeah i'd love to rate this book okay. um you want to go first Sure. Okay. I am going to give this book a Pete's. Yeah. Because, Accurate. um, well, bas- basically, <laughs> <laughs> basically because of all the things I just mentioned, yeah. it just, she, she really is a, a very good author, yeah. just even mechanics wise and stringing beautiful sentences yes. together and that kind of thing. Yes. But also, um, like I said, it, it just, you can tell there's, there's like heart behind mm-hmm. it. Um, and not that you have to have heart invested in everything that you ever do as an author or anything, but it just shows, yes. you know, like it shows yep. that she's, she's invested in this and she's, um, you know, kind of in some way researching her own roots mm-hmm. or, you know, not specifically, but you know what I mean? Yep. Um, and so, yeah. And I, yeah, I just, I loved learning about tea and yep. all of this different history of tea and how much it means yes. to different people groups yep. and, and what it means to them. Yeah. Um, and yeah, so 
yeah, I really, I enjoyed it. Yeah. It's a Pete's. Yeah. I am also giving it a Pete's, um, which is a five because I thought that it was beautifully written. I loved the story. I love reading about different cultures, especially the Chinese culture. Mm, yeah. Um, yeah. I just thought that it was a beautiful story. I loved it. Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, I thought it was really well done. Would definitely recommend it. Yeah, go read it, people. Yes. If you haven't. Yep. It's really, it's 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 a good story. It so. is. And there's even parts that we haven't even touched on that um, are Right, there's so much more. And in depth, yeah. So. Yeah, there's so much more. Yeah. So, um, for next time, yes. did you want to tell the book or, or do you want me to? Um, you can tell it. Okay. Um, so next time we are, we're trying to get back onto an every two week schedule yes. again, um, starting this year. Um, last year we kind of, you know, pushed it out a bit because we thought we'd need the extra time doing classics, but this year we're back to just kind of whatever strikes our fancy. Yeah. Um, and so, <laughs> yes, welcome to our scattered brains. <laughs> And, um, so yeah, so our next book pick is Moriarty mm -hmm. by Anthony Horowitz, who, if you have listened to us at all, yes. you know, um, comes up every once in a while yes. in the book list mm -hmm. because we tend to enjoy we do. reading his stuff. We do. So, um, this one is called Moriarty. And if you're familiar with Sherlock, it, it is a, in the Sherlock yes. world. Mm -hmm. So. Yep. Yeah, so that's for next time, yes. and I'm excited. Me too, yes. So, yeah. Anything else we need to chat about? I don't think so. I'm excited okay. for next time. Me too. Yeah. So, yeah, join us back here next time at the table as we discuss Moriarty. And um, hopefully until then, um, all of your coffee and books are a perfect blend. <laughs>